All right, guys, welcome to season two, episode two of Phaser Friday. It is the podcast that launches on the last Friday of every single month. I'm so excited to dive into episode two. Uh, before we do that, I want to thank one of our season two sponsors. I literally could not be doing this podcast without them. Leading Edge Grading and Construction. They are out of Dallas, Georgia, not Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Georgia. Uh, Chris Porter uh, is the owner. I can't thank them enough for all the support they've given myself and our team uh, for this podcast. Check them out on Instagram. It's at Leading Edge Grading. You can find them on Facebook, and they've also got a website coming soon. What I love about them is they are truly value-based and relationships and people-based. They are leading the way, literally, in what they do in their business. Um, Just the way they over-deliver for their clients, they communicate very, very well, and people want to work for them. It is just the coolest thing to see, and I'm so thankful and so grateful that Chris and the whole team at Leading Edge want to be a part of what we're doing on this podcast. So Chris and the whole team, thank you so much. Um, Everyone, if you want to go check them out, check them out on Instagram. It's their at Leading Edge Grading, and their website will be coming soon. With that, I want to dive into this episode here. We got a good one. Season two, episode two. Let's go. All right, guys, here we are, Phaser Friday, season two, episode two. I'm joined by Jordan Smith, uh, the president of Voight Smith Innovations. How's it going, man? Thanks again for uh, for being on the show. It's going great. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, uh, there's so many things I want to touch on today and dive into, but I mean, first, if you don't mind, just kind of jumping into like who you are and what you do. Yeah. So Jordan Smith, as you uh, introed me, appreciate it again. Um, I am the owner of Voight Smith Innovation, which is the main company we'll talk about in here. But where I got started was with my landscaping and snow company, Smith Lawn and Landscape, based out of uh, Mankato, Minnesota. Um, started that way back. Uh, yeah, that's right. Shout started out. that way back uh, when I just after I graduated high school while I was attending Gustavus Adolphus College. Um, but prior to that, I guess going way, way back, I started mowing lawns when I was a kid, just like a lot of people that started a landscaping company. I think when I was 12 or 13, I was mowing neighbors lawns, obviously mowing my own parents lawn. Um, when I got my driver's license, I started hauling around a push mower in the trunk of my Pontiac Grand Prix. Um, and when I got to college is when we really started doing more of the hardscape, uh, and more, you know, the bigger install type landscape jobs. But, uh, you know, it's funny in, in the landscape snow industries, how a lot of people have that same story starting when they're a kid, um, using the, the push mower, uh, uh, either on a trailer van, their bike or in the trunk of their car. Um, so it's, it's a pretty typical story. Um, and where we went from there is our snow division was really our, our best division, most profitable. Saw a lot of opportunity there, but we never could really compete with the bigger companies in our market on um, the amount of equipment or the size of our company. So we, we competed by differentiation. And the way we did that was by using liquid de-icing technology, um, again, through the Smith Auto Landscape Snow Division. Uh, and what that evolved to eventually was what is now Void Smith Innovation, where we manufacture and sell liquid de-icing equipment. Yeah, I just, I love that, man, because, you know, I get to talk to so many, you know, landscaping owners or excavation company owners, construction companies. And it's really cool to see, um, you know, your company kind of 
work with these companies and you are on the other side. So do you see that you see kind of both sides of the equation where you have owned the landscaping company and now you're kind of providing to the landscaping companies? Yeah, I think honestly, that's, that's a big part of our, our story. So I, I still own the landscape company to this day. Um, as far as my day-to-day role, that's taken more of a backseat. I have great people behind me that run those, um, those other businesses. Um, but it, it really helps uh, with the relatability for the customers we work with. It also really helps that we still have that snow, commercial snow and ice division. So we use this equipment. So we really yeah. know what works, what doesn't, how it works, um, what doesn't work. I mean, it really helps us truly give the best advice to our customers. And I think that's really um, been impactful for the people we work with, just knowing that we go through the same challenges that they do. Um, on any given day, uh, if they're having a, an issue in their company, we probably have had the same issue in our snow company. So I think having that relatability factor has been a big part of our success at Voight Smith Innovation. Absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, you guys aren't just saying, you know, you should buy this or, you know, you should try this. It's like, you guys are using that, like you said. And so if there's an issue and if it's not working, you're seeing that firsthand in your own business. So, um, when kind of want to backtrack a little bit, when did you know that you wanted to be, or how about this? When did you realize that you were an entrepreneur? That's, that's funny. So you, I saw that on your kind of your prep sheet and uh, my initial reaction was when I started mowing lawns when I was 12, 13 years old, but actually when I take a real look uh, as crazy as this sounds way back in like fifth and sixth grade, I started buying um, packs of football and baseball and basketball cards. And I would sell off individuals to my friends, my classmates in school. Um, Also as crazy as it sounds would, would bring like, I would buy like bulk uh, bins of goldfish or actually steal them from my parents, probably put them in bags and I'd sell them at recess as snacks. So I kind of started peddling and selling stuff then Um, around eighth grade. uh, My parents uh, with my parents permission, opened an eBay account, started doing some selling on eBay. And I actually uh, sold my, my, my father owned a uh, 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 FBO that runs the Mankato airport, Northstar yep. Aviation, and they had extra avionics and parts they wanted to sell. And I actually sold those on eBay for him and took a commission on those. So I actually started like back in grade school as, as crazy as that sounds. And I, and I think I wouldn't say that's when I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I think that's when I started showing glimpses of having that uh, um, uh, ability and that uh, drive. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's why it's such a fascinating question because uh, a lot of times it's not necessarily when you took that full step into your own business, it's a lot of times uh, way before that. And I kind of think back to myself as well. You know, I, I've had a job, a full-time job up until August of 2021, but way before that, I mean, I've always been entrepreneurial and just like looking for my opportunity to do it full-time. But um, you know, I think that's been ingrained in me for a long time and obviously in yourself. So, um, when, when did you see, um, when were you able to take kind of a step outside of the operations in your landscaping company and how did, how has that, um, helped you kind of focus on some other things as well? Yeah. Great question. So, um, uh, like I said, that, that business really took off while I was attending college. Um, I, I had to pay for college and, and the way I did that is by working a lot. I didn't want to take out a bunch of student loans and that kind of thing. So I, I worked yeah. a ton. I worked full-time and went to school full-time 
Um, and, uh, it wasn't until after I graduated college, I was really able to dedicate full-time to the business, start hiring some full-time people, uh, throughout college. I just recruited my friends and, and roommates and stuff to help. Yeah. Um, but I was always in the field working in the business, not on the business. I would say somewhere around 2011, 12, I started hiring on actual foreman to run my crews. Um, 2013, I brought on a full-time maintenance manager, lawn care manager. Um, and at that time I was still in the field part-time, uh, just cause I really loved it. I, I enjoyed doing, getting my hands dirty, doing the work. Um, but at that point I, I started focusing more on building the business than, than, uh, working in it. So I'd, I'd say that was a pretty good transition point for me. And that's right about the time that we launched VSI as well. Yeah. It's, I love that because, um, I'm currently going through that and it's, I'm sure as you can attest to, it's kind of a weird feeling, you know, you're almost trying to remove yourself out of the business and seeing if like the wheels are going to fall off or not. Right. But, um, back to your initial point, it's, it's all about the people you bring in and you Absolutely. honestly couldn't do it without your team and your people. And then, you know, you do still have to have that leadership role where you're driving the mission. Um, because as they say, you know, nobody else loves your business as much as you do. So, you know, you still need to be there as far as, you know, the visionary and, you know, driving that mission home. But um, I love what you did because it's very difficult in the industry for a lot of guys to uh, remove themselves because it's that owner operator type of business. So not that it's a bad thing to, you know, continue to be in the field because uh, most guys that is their passion as well. But it's really cool to see, you know, how you've expanded off of that, built this business, and then are continuing to expand in other businesses. And I think one one thing I'm really proud of that we've done is we've had a very high retention rate of our staff. So we, I, I feel like we have a very strong company culture, uh, people first. I know that's the new the new big buzzword now is because labor is so hard to come by. You know, it's the, our people are first, employees first. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've had that mentality from day one, even before there was labor shortage. So we, we have a lot of, even though we're young as companies, we have a lot of longtime employees. And what we actually have seen a lot of too is as VSI has grown, we've pulled some key people from the landscape business and moved them over to the, yep. the VSI opportunities so that they can continue to grow and evolve with their careers as well. Absolutely. Um, what, what would you say is like your favorite thing about working like in that industry, in the landscaping snow removal industry, what, what is your favorite thing about working with those people and in that industry? Yeah, I think, you know, I, uh, I mean, to be totally transparent, I just don't have a lot of, other experience in other industries. So like, yeah. you know, I, I've grown to love it because I've been in it my whole life. Right. Right. Um, so that's part of it. But the other part of it is I think you find a lot of very down to earth, salt of the earth people just because they all started probably similarly, not, not everyone, but most of these business owners started off working with their hands, getting their, getting their hands dirty, working 70 hours a week, um, working out in the heat, working in the freezing cold and that builds character and that builds um, drive. And, and I think, uh, again, not that I've worked in a lot of other industries, but when I, when I go to networking events and stuff, um, it just seems like there's a very common thread of uh, very driven, hardworking, passionate people in our industry. Absolutely. I just, I love that because within the last, um, six months, so up, up until the last six months, we, as a marketing agency, would kind of take on any client and, you know, we'd work with real estate agencies, demolition companies, bakeries, you know, whoever needed a website, whoever needs some digital marketing. But, um, about six months ago, we actually niched down and we're like, we're going full on dirt world. You know, if you have an excavator, if you have a landscaping company, we're only going to work with you. And awesome. I've just been so passionate about it because 
not so much, maybe not so much the industry even, but the people that make up the industry. And I just am on fire for it. I see the need for digital marketing. And then also just um, the people that are in my corner now that own these companies, they're just like some of the coolest people and some of my best friends now. So, um, and that's why I love doing these podcasts too, because I get to talk to people like you who have started a business in this field and then really kind of dive into those processes that you've gone through. So, um, I'd say you nailed it. I think we've, we've really found that focusing on your niche is really, really where the magic happens. I mean, we we've even, and we'll probably get into it in one of your next questions, but we really trimmed down what we do and who we cater to. And that's been the best thing we've ever done. Absolutely. That's what I kind of tell people is that, you know, you can go specific and then go vertical in that and really just hammer down and it makes the country feel so small. You know, all of a sudden now you're just talking to people out on the East coast, West coast, probably not a whole lot down South for snow removal stuff, but uh, you know, it'll get there. But uh, what, uh, if you could talk a little bit um, I know we've got a lot of people listening that, you know, own these companies. Um, What kind of hardships or difficulties have you gone through owning a landscaping company and how have you kind of overcome those difficulties? Yeah, I think as I alluded to earlier, labor, um, especially, you know, on the lower skill side has been very difficult to come by. Um, You know, we're in Southern Minnesota where the population is not very dense um, and we don't, we don't typically draw as high of a, you know, Hispanic population as like, you know, it, it amazes me. I, I travel all over the country meeting with these landscape companies and 90% of the workforce is Hispanic. Uh, we, we just don't have as many of those people here. Um, and then between that and the population density being lower, um, it, it's more difficult to find people willing to do that kind of labor. So labor has definitely been a problem. I know there's, there was years where we, had the ability, um, enough work and enough capital to scale, but we couldn't find the people to do it. Right. That, that was a big challenge, uh, in that business. And that that's really truthfully one area where the manufacturing world has been easier for us to scale because we can use automation, uh, in our factory, in our plant in order to scale quite a bit faster than we can in the, in the landscape world. I know there's more and more automation coming to the landscape and snow worlds, but, it's, it's quite a ways behind where manufacturing is. So that's, you know, labor has been a big thing. Um, and then the other thing too, is just the climate we're in, you know? Yeah. So one thing that always drove me crazy um, and still does with the landscape and snow business is you just, you can't bank on an eight month landscape season. You can't bank on getting snow. Now, yes, there's ways around that. And yes, you can plan your business accordingly to insulate yourself from fluctuations in seasonality and, and snow totals. But you can only insulate yourself so much without driving your price so high that you're not competitive in the market anymore. Right. So that's, I think that's been the other biggest challenge that we've had is just finding that balance between making sure that seasonality won't hurt our business and also keeping our price competitive enough to not price ourselves totally out of the market. Right. And what I just thought of actually, what I really love about BSI is that, um, you know, if you think about it, if somebody's digging for gold, like most businesses are, you took the, the path of like, you're selling the shovels now for them to dig yep. gold. And it's like yep. just the coolest business to be in because, um, they're going to, you're helping them achieve their goals. You're helping them, um, drive their business up. And it's very similar to what we do. You know, we're a tool for these businesses. So, um, it's really cool to see you on kind of both sides of that equation. Um, yep. 
And uh, yeah, so update here, you know, we got season two, episode two of Phaser Friday. I'm talking with uh, Jordan Smith, kind of going through uh, everything he's gone through in his business. Um, Jordan, I just want to take it back a little bit. And what is, why are you doing all of this? Like, what is your why, if you don't mind talking a little bit about that? Because I think we all have one deep down, but what is your why for your businesses? Yeah. So on the VSI side, the equipment side, uh, manufacturing side, our, our um, core focus is, is a, be- a better, a better way to bear pavement. So everything we do kind of our niche, what, what we focus on is helping snow companies find a better way to get their customers lots to bear pavement. So whether that be um, live edge snow plows that contour and scrape the pavement better, whether it be utilizing liquids for pretreatment to help prevent the bond of snow and ice with the pavement, or whether that be um, uh, using liquid as a post-treatment in order to get the snow and ice melted faster, leave cleaner results for their clients and um, offer their clients a higher level of safety on their property. So we do have some periphery products that don't fit that core focus, which Mm -hmm. I alluded to earlier that we're slowly eliminating because we're truly trying to totally focus on that core focus of a better way to bare pavement. Right. So are you guys national or do you go international or how far do your customers reach? Yep. So we're um, throughout North America. Um, Mm -hmm. So that'd be the USA and Canada. Obviously there's no snow in Mexico. um, So we don't sell any, uh, don't sell any de-icing equipment or snow plows there. Um, but the U.S. and Canada, obviously the snow belt, um, as you alluded to earlier, we're not selling snow plows or de-icers in Florida. Right. However, with some of these crazy ice and snowstorms in Texas and Alabama and Oklahoma the last couple of years, we have picked up a lot more customers in those more mm-hmm. southern periphery states just because the type of equipment we're selling is high efficiency, high productivity equipment. Right. And it's more beneficial for those low snow climates to have one piece of high, high efficiency equipment than to have three pieces of low efficiency equipment. So we're seeing our market area grow, but generally speaking, Snowbelt and of uh, USA and Canada is our primary market areas. Right. And then as far as like your products, how did you go about like formulating those or how, like, are you a part of that or somebody else or is a, is it a team or how does that work? Yeah. Great question. So uh, going back to using liquids at Smith on landscape, our landscape company, we made homemade spray units, homemade brine mixers to make our salt brine that we could apply in our customers parking lots. Um, they weren't pretty, they weren't fancy, but they got the job done and, and they worked well. Um, as that evolved into actually starting and forming Voight Smith Innovation, uh, you'll hear the names Voight and Smith in the name. David Voight is my business partner for VSI. He is our head engineer and he develops and creates all of the products as you see them today. Um, I focus more on the sales marketing um, and vision side of the business. So kind of the direct overall direction, culture, that kind of thing. But David's really the brainchild behind the way the equipment looks and functions. Um, he's a very skilled, talented engineer, certainly not something that I'm strong with. Mm-hmm. I'm strong about knowing what I want our stuff to do. I'm not strong with actually making it do that. And that's where we complement each other very, very well. Yeah. And it's almost like the fact that you can admit that takes you so much further because a lot of people, I think what holds them back in business is they don't admit that they don't know everything. And that luckily that was one of my first things I realized is like, this stuff that other people are doing is very hard and I can't do it. Um, so once I like got over that and admitted it, it was like everything opened up and you're like, okay, so I just need to put good people in my corner to help me with this stuff. And it sounds like, you know, you obviously get that as well of like, 
yeah, I can't know everything. I can't be in all these places at once. And so who do I need to put in my corner to really um, make this thing take off? Absolutely. Nailed it right on the head. Yep. Awesome. So, um, you know, we get, you know, I get the privilege to talk to a lot of you know business owners, especially in this space. Um, you know, we get um, a lot of them listening in and, you know, kind of asking questions, which is awesome. So uh, in your experience, um, you know, building up these companies, what is like a piece of advice you'd give to somebody just starting a company like from scratch right now in this space and somebody that's, you know, maybe two years in looking to scale it? Absolutely. Great questions. Um, I know one thing, one thing I've learned over the years is that, um, if, if you have things in your, in your past business, uh, um, career that you regret, it usually means that you didn't take someone else's advice or follow their direction. And when I look back to my early, earliest years of scaling the landscape business, I was given a lot of really good advice, but I was too stubborn. I thought I knew better. Um, and, and I, and I learned a lot by making big, expensive mistakes. And again, in hindsight, if I would have just listened to some of those people who had been there and done that, I could have gotten further at now, obviously there's some things I feel like I, I, I did right and did the way I, I wanted to, and it worked out for the better, but there are also plenty of things where, you know, again, I, I, I sought advice. I didn't like the advice I was given. And so I didn't do it. And in hindsight, again, if I would have looked at what those people had achieved and accomplished in their businesses compared to how small and, and new mine was, um, I could have uh, saved a lot of money and, and time scaling by taking their advice. So uh, a lot of that advice was given, you know, through industry networking, through going to events, uh, industry events, you know, you look at a company that's doing $25 million in, in landscape and, and maintenance, and, you know, I'm just starting out and, and they say, well, don't, don't, don't do this. Cause it, you know, this is what happened to us. We tried, it didn't work. And I'm like, nah, I can totally do it. You know, yeah. I, I know better than, I know better than that. It's not always the case, but for the most part, if they have that type of business, it's for a reason. So, uh, uh, truly take the time to listen and learn from people who've been there and done it. Obviously having some of your own unique things and your own innovations is very important. Um, you're not just going to emulate someone exactly, but right. I would say that keep your, uh, your, your unique ideas to the 10% and, and follow yeah. the lead of those that have been successful for the other 90. Yeah, I love that. And Jordan, you and I were talking uh, right before we started recording this podcast and we were talking about, um, you know, kind of like my trip out to Miami and my coaching that I'm involved in. And really it made me think exactly what you're talking about there is, you know, be a sponge and take in everything, but at the same time, realize that you do have something to offer. You are, you could be different and that's kind of that 10%. So don't, yes. you know, don't copy them exactly, but also right. like they've built it up somehow and for a reason. So take that, take the advice, be a sponge, soak it in, but never feel like you have nothing to offer, especially in a conversation or with other businesses. And just exactly. like, you know, believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and, um, you know, put your, your best foot forward as well. Absolutely. But Jordan, I definitely appreciate, you know, you taking the time to record this podcast. I know it's been a long time coming, so I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's kind of, as we wrap up here, uh, what's the best way for, you know, entrepreneurs or landscaping companies, or just anyone that wants to follow along with what you're doing? Like, what's the best way for them to contact you or just continue to follow along? Yeah. So, um, just to, to, um, preface that I, I, one of my favorite things to do is just to talk shop with other yeah. landscape and snow company owners. 
Um, and, and manufacturing for that matter. I, I don't feel that I have maybe quite as much to offer for advice in the land, in the, in the, in the, uh, manufacturing world, just cause I'm, I'm newer to that, to that world. Um, but I, I love talking to people about their businesses and, and what's working and what's not and, and what they're trying. Um, so I'm happy to talk to people anytime I tend to talk way too long. So set aside some extra time. If you want to give me a call, feel free, but I'm on LinkedIn, just search for Jordan Smith. Um, uh, uh, Facebook as well. Um, I'm the guy, uh, with the profile picture with the four little boys, four little, four little kids. Can't miss it. Um, otherwise feel free to email Jordan at vsinnovation.com. Um, and, uh, if, if you want to shoot me an email there, I can get you my cell phone number. We can connect directly that way too. Awesome. And Jordan, we'll have all your information uh, linked on our website. So Perfect. if you guys are listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can just go to our website, which is phasermarketing.com and then click on the phaser Friday tab and you'll find the full episode with the webpage that we built around uh, this podcast. Uh, so check it out. Uh, we've got a lot of great things there. And Jordan, once again, thank you so much, man. Let's have a, let's have a killer year. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.